bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, you sent your Son, your only Son, into this world to redeem the world. Yet, even as he walked in the flesh, there were those in his time and his day who struggled to believe. Lord, we struggle. And so we pray that by your word and spirit, you would strengthen us as we walk by faith and not by sight. That you would help us to see ever more clearly. And to know your presence. Lord, help us to believe. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our gospel lesson today tells us of the account of Jesus and Nicodemus. Probably one of the most famous engagements or encounters that you see in the Gospels because it's out of this lesson, this, this conversation that takes place at secret during the night that we hear those wonderful words, for God so loved the world. Jesus is meeting with Nicodemus and, and we don't know if that is something that was arranged for ahead of time, or if Nicodemus just sought Jesus out and found him. But think of the climate of the day. The meeting has to happen by night because Nicodemus is risking his own standing within the Sanhedrin and with his fellow Jews who have been working quietly and sometimes not so quietly to try to destroy Jesus and perhaps even to put him to death. And yet the first words out of Nicodemus's mouth are these. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. That is quite the confession. And it really, as we think about it, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So we know you are from God, And Nicodemus, notice, doesn't say, I know you're from God. He says, we, which involves some of the other ruling Sanhedrin and the leaders of the day. And so if they know he's from God, why are they trying to destroy him? Because the things that he teaches 
threaten their own power and their own hold on the people. You see, the power of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, the ruling Sanhedrin, the power uh, that they hold is in the law. You can't get to heaven unless you toe the line. Well, they didn't use exactly those words, but you get the idea. You must follow the Ten Commandments. You must do this. You must sacrifice on these days. You have to do it this way because God won't be happy with you otherwise. That's the mindset even that Nicodemus has. It's one of the law. It's one of making sure that you cross all the T's and dot all the I's and do everything just right. Jesus knows that about the heart of Nicodemus, and so Jesus begins to challenge that thinking right from the front. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again? That had to set Nicodemus back a little bit because he's going, um, how, how can someone be born again when he's old? Can he enter into his mother's womb a second time? See, this whole idea of being born again, we struggle with it. We don't know exactly what that means. There's where Nicodemus is at. But what Jesus is really saying is, is to be born from above. Which means a, from a force outside of ourselves. In other words, Nicodemus, you have to learn that it's not just about crossing the T's and dotting the I's and making sure that the law is done appropriately. You have to learn how to walk by faith and that starts with being born of the water and the word born of the water and the spirit if you're not born of the water and the spirit then you cannot enter the kingdom of God because you see that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit Nicodemus, you've been practicing your religion, you've been practicing what you believe by all of the things that you do and not trusting in a God who works in your lives and does it for you. Don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is of everyone who is born of the Spirit. I love that. What it means is, is you don't know exactly what God's going to be doing and how he's going to be doing it and when he's going to be doing it. You're so tied into your system, Nicodemus, that you need to step outside of it for a little bit and just let God work. It's kind of like the wind. Let it blow where it may. <laughs> love the question, How? How can these things be? Are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? 
she's got the letter of the law right, but Nicodemus doesn't know what it means to simply walk by faith, to trust God on a daily basis, to understand that it's God who moves in our lives, and that sometimes we become so myopically focused that we can't see what God is doing over here or over here. And we're not listening to God call us to this place or to that place, to this person or that person. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and we bear witness to what we have seen because those are the easy things. But you do not receive our testimony. See, Jesus switches here to the royal plural. You do not receive our testimony. Why? Because it doesn't fit what you know and what you see. God is challenging you to operate, to begin to see things outside of your own little box, to help you to see the world and how he wants to engage the world. How are you going to believe if you can't take off your blinders, if you can't walk by faith? I tell you, Nicodemus, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. We know the story. The people of Israel were being bitten by venomous snakes and they were dying. And they come to Moses and they say to Moses, pray to God to save us. And God says, well, I'm going to do it my way. Moses, I want you to lift up a bronze serpent on a pole and I want you to tell the people that anybody who looks upon it and has faith will live. You know what the text doesn't tell us back in that story in the Old Testament? It doesn't tell us that if those, if somebody looked, you know, it's kind of like that story of, of, uh, of the, the leper from, from Syria, Naaman, who was told that, you know, you'll be cleansed from your leprosy if you go dip yourself in the river seven times. And, you know, I always think about that story and I'm going, wait a minute, our human pride starts to get in the way, doesn't it? You dip yourself first time and then second time and nothing's happening and you go, this is ridiculous. I'm doing this in front of everybody. How embarrassing. I'm making a fool out of myself. And then they do it a couple more times and so you're up to four and you still look at yourself and you're covered with leprosy and you go, and at some point you go, okay, what do I have to lose? And you finish the process. But here it's like, I wonder how many people were going, looking at a bronze serpent up on a pole, that's going to heal me from a venomous snake? Yeah, right. How many people just didn't look because they thought it was silly? Stupid. I love the way that somebody in Sunday school designed this. Look! And live. It's pretty simple, straightforward, to the point. Look and live. 
How many people in our world today still think it's stupid because you know it's the same principle, look and live. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered and died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. Look and live. Look and have your sins washed away. Swallow your pride, your faith in yourself. And begin to believe in a God who works in mysterious and wonderful ways. Nicodemus, let go of the law. Let go of having to cross the T's and dot the I's and do it in such a way that you can pat yourself on the back. Understand who you are as a sinful human being, even with all of your success and all of your power and all of your achievement. You need to learn to trust God. You need to know, Nicodemus, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish. It's like looking at the bronze serpent, Nicodemus. You got to trust God. You got to walk with God. You got to listen to God. Faith that we have in our hearts comes not by the doing, it comes by the hearing. You hear the word, and you begin to understand that you have a God who loves you so much, who loves the whole world so much, that he sent me, Nicodemus. That I'm the one who's going to be lifted up. I'm the one whose blood is going to be shed. I'm the one who's going to pour out his life on a cross for the forgiveness of the sins of the whole world. And it's not because you've done anything, Nicodemus. It's because God loves you. It's the same for us. Salvation comes to us by no other name under heaven than by the name of Jesus. Salvation comes to us not by the name of of Pastor Neil or Carl or Sue. Doesn't come to us by Sarah or Bill or Doug. Salvation comes to us by the name of Jesus Christ who went to a cross and suffered there so that we can look and live. And therefore, we are reminded that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we're guilty of that. We want to point out other people's sins or wrongs. Parents, we do it to our children. Well, if you had just listened to me, you wouldn't be in the... 
Now, my son is wise enough. He's probably sleeping in this morning to come to late service, but he's wise enough to go, Dad, you don't have to tell me I messed up. I know I messed up. Yeah, but it makes me feel so good. Dad, you don't have to tell me. I know. Well, as long as you know. There's no condemnation in Christ. He comes and he teaches and he preaches to call us back to the truth of who God is. To remind us that God put the law into place for a purpose, not to make it into a way of salvation, but rather to show us how he wants us to live in the face of a sinful world. He calls us certainly to obedience. But in Christ, we fill the law joyfully in our hearts, knowing that we are doing that to which he called us, not because we're earning favor in his sight, but simply because we understand that the law has been fulfilled in Christ and we in this world can change the world by sharing Christ. I live in a different way from a sinful person around me because I think twice about what I'm going to do. He puts that desire in our hearts to live and to do things in a right way. Because we know that it pleases him. But I also know that when I mess up and make the wrong choices because my selfish, sinful nature gets the best of me, that I'm still forgiven. And that's important for us. Know that there is no condemnation because we are loved. Because you see, the sins of the whole world, my sins and your sins have been paid in full. Paid in full. Let that sink in for just a little bit. That when Christ went to the cross and suffered and died for us, he didn't just do it halfway, he did it the whole way. That Christ didn't hang that over our head and simply say, if you live this way, if you do things right, if, you know, it's like dealing again with our teenagers, if you clean your room and you make your bed and you're on time for the meals and all, if you do everything right, if you walk the right way, Nicodemus, then I'll pay for your sins. That's not how God works. He just works in that simple way. Look and live. Set aside your pride, your weaknesses, 
Set aside that feeling that if I ever walk through the doors of a church again, the roof will fall in. Set aside your own, I'm not worth it, why would Christ die for me? Set it all aside and just look. Live. Look and know that the venom of the poison of the sins of this world has been removed from your veins. Look and know that you're loved by a Savior who died for you. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Call upon his name and live. How can it be? Nicodemus, just believe. Just believe in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus into life everlasting. Amen.